Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Paul and Jimmy. And today we're going to be covering the pilot episode of the new Disney Plus series, Moon Knight. We were lucky enough to get screeners for the first four episodes this past weekend, but we hit the brakes after just the first episode so that we could record before the pilot releases to the public, but then have the ability to talk about the other five episodes as they come out week to week. But without further ado, let's get into the conversation on this episode and really this character, Moon Knight, because most people, myself included, don't really know a whole lot about him. He's not your... Uh, Captain America, Spider-Man type of high profile Marvel superhero. He's kind of the lesser known anti-hero as far as I'm aware. Um, I did a little bit of research. He's a really interesting character and a lot of people are comparing him to Marvel's Batman, but it seems like he's got a little bit more depth than just Marvel's Batman. DC. Oh, you're saying Marvel's version of Batman? Yes, oh, yeah. I was like, that's Marvel's version. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I know. We were about to get yelled at by both fan bases. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no, but, I mean, I've seen that a million times. Definitely Marvel's version of Batman in a way. I'm usually the one who has some of the background knowledge from the comics. Moon Knight is definitely the least that I know about when it comes to the, the shows that have been out so far. I do know some about him, though. We'll have to see. It's interesting. We haven't really fully gotten the answer yet, but in the comics, a lot of the time, he doesn't actually have superhuman abilities. He's actually similar to Batman, where he's an expert detective. He's very efficient with his martial arts and armed combat, and he has high-tech equipment that he uses, things like that. He has a very, very strong military background in the comics, and then there is parts of the comics where they just decide, just because it's comics, that they want to give him superhuman abilities and visions and things like that. Not sure where they're going to go this time. The way that they're making Arthur Harrow look, though, it seems like Moon Knight will have some abilities and he was kicking some ass, but we still don't know fully. But yeah, he's he's a lesser known character. He looks awesome. The suit is freaking awesome. We saw that during the trailer. Everyone lost it seeing that his eyes light up. So maybe that is another kind of uh superhuman thing that we got going on here but yeah i love this episode we had the four screeners i wanted to keep watching so badly but we want to be able to give you guys our theories on the podcast so we like brian said pump the brakes after episode one yeah i absolutely adored this first episode oscar isaac is just so funny too the, the way he's portraying Stephen grant is just incredible this uh, completely flustered guy at every single turn mixed with who we seem to be like this badass street fighter almost. So mm-hmm. it's one thing I noticed too, which I really like is it is, uh, you know, a little bit bloodier, you know, this, oh, yeah. I feel like it is the most blood we've seen besides, you know, the blood on fake Captain America shield back at Falcon and winter does. soldier. Yeah, yeah, this this might be like the most blood we've ever seen in like one episode from Marvel, it seems like. The head writer, Jeremy Slater, said, I want to bring some horror into the MCU and some scary monsters and really push the envelope as far as we can get. So it seems like the writing team is on board to kind of give this a dark overtone. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of people have been upset that it's not R-rated or TVMA. It is a PG-13 situation we have going on here. And 
people definitely were a little upset about that because in the comics, he's very, very R-rated, super R-rated. But it's always good to get started. Dip your toes in. We'll have Blade coming. We have Deadpool coming. So, you know, we're going to be getting there. I think we'll be fine. But yeah, Kevin Feige said, don't worry. We'll get what we want out of this PG-13 version of it. And we did. We've got a lot of blood. We got a lot of ass whooping. I'm fine with what we've seen so far. Do you think this is going to be the very start of like a new group kind of being assembled? I, I forget the name of it, but there was Midnight talk Sons. of Yes, that's yeah, exactly so what it was. That's super badass because Oscar Isaac said himself that he wanted it. And his version that he wanted was, I believe, Moon Knight, Daredevil, Ghost Rider and Punisher, which yes. isn't the iteration from the comics. But in the MCU, that would be a bad ass group. Now, we know Charlie Cox is Daredevil. We assume that we'll be getting our Punisher back if they're bringing some of the others back. And then Ghost Rider hasn't been cast yet, but we know he's coming very soon. You mean it's not Nick Cage again? (laughs) Hey, we might see Nick Cage in Multiverse of Madness. I wouldn't be surprised. That would be hilarious. We had a Keanu Reeves uh, career resurgence. Why not a Nick Cage resurgence all from Ghost Rider coming out of uh, this Midnight Suns? There was a Ghost Rider and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. I didn't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that long to to know who played that character and to know how in-depth it was. But there was a Ghost Rider in that show. But recast from there, I believe. Um, So... Jumping back into Moon Knight, one of the first things uh, I think of when I think of Moon Knight is that meme of where it's like, <laughs> random bullshit, go, and throws all the stuff. In there, there is a beetle as yeah. one of the blades. Is this the same beetle that we get in episode one? That's what I assume to be. We so, obviously don't know yet. But you're talking about the Golden Scarab, Paul, and that's funny because when they say it a few times, when Arthur Harrow's asking for it from... Steven, I was like, yeah, I remember that from the mummy back in the day because they have those in in the mummies. I think it's mummy and mummy returns the first two. But I don't know. I mean, it's so funny. I just read an article about how people don't know Moon Knight, but they know the meme. It cracks me up. Yeah, pretty much. And I love that whole Egyptian history vibe that we're getting with it, man. The six was it six or seven? I think there's seven kings and queens or whatever it was on that poster he was talking about, and it's really cool. It reminds me of the Eternals a little bit. How in that movie they kind of brought these superheroes with their powers into the history of the world, and this seems like it's kind of doing the same thing. Like all the history of ancient Egypt, I feel like there's a bunch of hidden secrets behind it. Yeah, so that's super. Cool. It is sweet. Yeah, and I actually was a little surprised that we didn't really get an origin story here. I was fully expecting him to work at this museum and his boss being a biatch to him, being super mean to him, and he's working the shelves or whatever the hell he's doing. And something happens and he gets the powers. You know, I thought we were going to get that. But really, you find out towards the end of the episode that he's had it the entire time, and that's his sleepwalking spells and that's what's going on he's already part of this thing which is another interesting take by marvel they they know when they want to give us an origin story and when they don't need to spider-man we didn't need it moon knight we'll see maybe we'll get a flashback but i thought it worked pretty well 
now it almost feels like we're right in the middle of the origin story like we didn't see the event that caused him to have these occurrences but it doesn't seem like our main character has any idea what's going on with himself right now yeah that's fully correct yeah it it is a really cool way to do it because exactly what you're saying we're starting at the beginning but he already has been infected or possessed that's what, whatever it is, we don't know. Mm-hmm, but right. it's cool that we don't get the actual very beginning. Kind of feels like, you know, WandaVision. We're watching these first two episodes and we're like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. And then we finally get the explanation down the road. I think it did a great job of reeling us in because the way it ended with him and Mark going back in the mirror and then the, the suit, exactly what you guys are saying, mm-hmm. I was just getting hyped. Yeah. And I believe in the comics, the suit is just a suit. It's just what he does when he is going to be a vigilante. He I don't want to go full into the history because, again, I don't know. it Well, and Zach, the comic mm-hmm. guy will be back. And Brian, I know you did some research, but pretty much he was on a mission. He actually was left for dead. They put him in front of a uh, what a relic of an Egyptian god. And he was brought back to life. To be fair, the light reading I've done on the character says that he's been rebooted a bunch of times. Yeah, there are yeah. continuity issues. Like he's never, like I said earlier, he's never been like a spotlight character. He's always been introduced as kind of like a team up with Spider-Man or the first thing he was hired as a mercenary to bring in a werewolf, something like that. Yeah. Werewolf um, by night, which we're getting by, from Marvel yes, on Halloween. Yes, yeah. Werewolf by night. Exactly. Um, I think the sticking points of him was the origin of these powers was he he went to an archaeological dig or something. People were trying to ransack the dig site and he tried to help or save someone. He wound up dying. His body was resurrected in the temple of a, a god named Khonshu. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that is a fictionalized god in the Marvel lore right. that is based on an actual Egyptian moon god. So that's kind of his origin story. And then, yes, like you said earlier, Jimmy, he's been portrayed with superpowers and without superpowers. The tone I was getting from the articles is that people kind of prefer him without superpowers. And when they give him superpowers, it's like people are like, why does he have superpowers? Right. Um, The other defining characteristic of this character is uh, he he's portrayed with DID, dissociative identity disorder. So he has I don't want to get the terminology wrong, but. The easiest way to say it is multiple personalities. Right. Yep. Um, and these personalities in the comics tend to be the same people. It's that Mark Spector character who was like this former CIA operative who has all these skills. Uh, Stephen Grant, who is kind of the Bruce Wayne millionaire playboy type, not playboy, uh, Wall Street millionaire type, which mm-hmm. clearly they're going a different direction for that Stephen Grant persona in this series. Right. And Very then Jake. Different. Jake Lockley, who is kind of a uh, street smarts cab driver, and he revolves around those three personalities. Uh, and then the fourth would be Moon Knight. So it's vigilante right. personality and all four of those. It seems like he kind of maneuvers between the four of them to best fit whatever the job or the task at hand is right now. But to bring that full circle and back to that Moon God Concho, uh, kind of his his cardinal directive is that he is serving the he is the moon knight he is kind of the fist for this god conchu yes yep yep yeah and going back to what you said about the dissociative identity disorder that's another thing that's been back and forth back and forth in canon where they're saying 
Well, is it DID or is it actual brain damage caused by a psychic connection to Conchu? Is Conchu actually doing this to him? Has he always had these personality issues? And the answer is yes and no, because they just do it a million different ways in the comics, because that's how comics work. And with this, I, I honestly feel like it has to be that he's getting superhuman abilities just because of the way everything played out in the pilot. And, you know, his glowing eyes, everything he's been able to do it, talking to him in his head could be the DID. That's fine. But if he's not going to have the Stephen Grant version of Bruce Wayne and he's just going to be a guy who is how Oscar Isaac has been playing him, how is he going to get all of these uh, high tech equipment and things like that without the money? Unless so, the way I'm taking it right now is that he is locked in into his Stephen Grant self. But clearly he has kind of this former life like an established life as uh mark specter who would right. be the cia person which is why layla was calling him a million times saying oh my gosh mark you're okay so maybe kind of those cia skills are dormant while he's still okay. assuming the stephen grant identity i want to preface actually, everything we're talking yeah. about with i don't think any of us three really know what's going on this is all theorizing and that description i gave of the character was after a 20 minute Google search. So if I got anything wrong, I'd love to be corrected. Exactly. Hit us up in the comments or on Twitter at Bingetown because we do this kind of on purpose with Marvel. Not usually because I do usually know a lot of the comic stuff, but for Moon Knight, we don't know. And for a lot of the shows we cover, whether it was Wheel of Time, The Witcher, Paul knew the books, but a lot of us don't. Or whether it's Wheel of Time, Kyle knew the books, and a lot of us don't. We do that on purpose because the show is a show. We're covering the TV show. We like to not have too much background information so we can just watch it with fresh eyes. And you did have something really great to say there about Steven versus Mark because I believe in the comics, again, we just talked about it, don't know much, but I believe Mark is his like actual person. Right. So I was gathering. So it is really cool that we are actually meeting him as Steven, who is probably one of his other personalities. We're not meeting him as who he actually is. And that's, again, talking about not giving us the full origin story. And it is cool how you are hearing Mark, Mark, Mark in his head when the whatever the God or whoever is talking to him and calling him a dumbass and pretty much. (laughs) I have no established opinions on the character to like take up arms either way. But based on what I do know, I'm pretty okay with the creative differences they're taking for the show as opposed to the comic books. Like I'm okay with them having the actual superpowers because I think that makes them much more interesting. And then they can bring in kind of this, I don't know, that God figure that we were seeing that's been tormenting him, but there's clearly some sort of a monster magical entity that's that's following him around and i i am a-okay with that i also think making stephen grant the humble museum shopkeep as opposed to a millionaire that just in a way it makes it more interesting for me i kind of want him to have those humble beginnings rather than have a mansion all the access to gadgets and stuff it means he's gonna have to like climb to that point yeah i like it's kind of like loki where we did all this theorizing about, you know, who this blonde woman is. And then we learned that it's a mashup. They decided to mash these two characters together. And I thought that worked out great. Mm -hmm. So like Brian said, I have no opinions of what Moon Knight should be going forward. So getting this as my first exposure, I'm 
I'm really enjoying it so far. I think the powers are great. I think it just makes them that much, separates them that much more from, you know, just the normal martial artist. And the suit is just sexy. And when it yeah, just yeah. Goes, like appears around him, it's 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 pretty badass. So it sounds like we're all in agreement. We're giving the character a thumbs up and we're we're pretty locked in on this series. I do want to kind of shift to talking about the actual events of the episode. Mm-hmm. In remembering it, I'm I'm trying to think of kind of the key points that stick out to me. Number one is his whole nightly routine where he's got to chain himself to his bedpost. That's super interesting. I love yep. kind of just that montage of him doing the Rubik's Cube, trying to like write stuff just to stay awake because uh, clearly he knows bad things happen when he goes to sleep. Um, I think the dr- what we find out to be a dream sequence, although I can't even say that with 100% certainty no. when he's driving like the ice cream truck or something being chased by people. it This whole show is really just captivating me. Yeah. What do you guys think about the actual episode and some of the stuff that happened? I was getting full on Fight Club vibes when it came mm. to him and his other personalities. It's literally just like Tyler Durden when you find out that the narrator, meaning Edward Norton, because you don't know his name's Tyler. That's that's the spoiler. And I was just like, damn, it's pretty much very, very, very similar with the with the DID situation. And I took it as everything did happen. Those dreams did happen. Like he lost two days. He's losing time he thought it was a friday and it's a sunday or a thursday and it's a sunday and he's so screwed up from not getting enough sleep and obviously chaining himself down doesn't work and i'm guessing that the sand is there so he can see if there's footprints right that's what i was getting which Mm -hmm. i was laughing at because i was like instead of putting a beach in your apartment why don't you just do a little little camera yeah Yeah. right (laughs) (laughs) but but it was it still looks it's just like one more extent um, that he goes all the way to make sure that he doesn't move or whatever, like the chain on and the, the tape too. Like it is if like, if the tape's not there, that means he left the room. Is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah, Like if the take tape is unstuck from the door frame, that means that he opened the door. Yeah. That's what I, but I guess, mm-hmm. I guess he's smart enough to, you know, put everything back when he's Mark or somebody else. Yep. Um, yep. Cause he knows, you know, he doesn't want to so, get Steven suspicious. <laughs> and that's another thing I want to bring. Do we think it's the Mark personality that's taken over? Or do we think I think it might be this Moon Knight essence that's taken over when he's getting those blackouts? The thing that's coaxing him to just say, come on, give me control, whatever. I think that is oh. kind of the superhero part. Uh, which personality are we thinking is the one that's trying to take control from him? I'm thinking it might be the this Concho, just because for lack of a better name. So like this Moon Knight God entity that's taken over rather than the Mark Specter. I think Concho and Mark are homies. That's what I think. Like Because it mm. seems like when they talk, I was getting those Venom vibes. I don't know if you're getting that too, where it's like Tom Hardy's talking to Venom in the movies and they're kind of back and forth. And I think that who's talking would be Conchu, but you also hear it say, you know, oh, Mark, the the idiot's back or something. So I I just feel like he's technically Mark, but it's Conchu that's his boy, kind of, you know, like Conchu and Mark are homies. And then Steven, when he's Steven, is kind of pushing both of them away. The feeling I was getting was they were trying to make us think 
that Mark was the one going off and doing all this crazy stuff. Yeah. But I think you are right where it could be. There's a third entity. So Steven's, you know, the innocent one. He doesn't know anything. He's ignorant of everything that's going on. The third entity takes over when Steven goes to sleep. And then Mark is left with cleaning up the, the mess that, uh, the third entity put them in. So I take it fully in my head, and who, who am I to say if I'm right or wrong? I don't freaking know. But I took it like when he's looking in the mirror and we have the other accent, it's Mark he's talking to at the mm-hmm. end of the episode. That's kind of how I took it. And when you hear the monster voice, the Venom voice, it's Conchu. That's that's just how I took it. Yeah, okay. definitely. And that, and that third entity I was talking about definitely could be Conchu. The only reason I'm not saying it is I don't think it was confirmed yet in the show, right? No, that's why we, we don't have the origin. That's the thing. I just yeah, assume yeah. because if we're saying he has powers, then we're saying Conchu has to be a thing. That's what I'm <laughs> guessing. I'm connecting a lot of dots to just call this thing Conchu for the ease of this episode. I'm sure yeah. we're going to get a name for it soon. Yeah. Also, when he talks to Layla on the phone as Steven, she's like, why is your accent like that? Like, what's going yeah. on here? And she's calling him Mark. And he says, why do you call me Mark? So I take it as it's Mark doing all this stuff. But then I think it's Conch talking to him when we get that weird other voice. Yeah, I got you. How about the opening scene of Arthur? We don't know who it is. We just see this dude smashing a glass and putting the shards in the sandals and seeing him walk around. We later get revealed that it was this Arthur guy and we see, you know, the tattoo of the scales of justice. Is it is that what that's called? On his right forearm. And we actually see that it moves. So it seems like no yeah. matter what, you know, Steven and Moon Knight are dealing with, if they have supernatural powers or not, it seems like this guy definitely does. He killed the lady. In the I later. totally forgot about that. Yeah, he totally did. So I have yeah. no idea. And he doesn't talk about what just. I mean, we see like bad. we see the jackals. So we know that there's some kind of mystical yeah. thing yeah. going down. That's why I'm assuming he is going to have supernatural abilities as Conchu taking over him or whatever you want to say. And those jackals, you they were definitely sent by Arthur. You think it seemed, seemed like, like it, it because it was Arthur talking to him when he was saying hand over the scarab mm. so i would assume just, so yeah arthur said like let him go or whatever like that was pretty crazy i was not expecting like something like that trying to kill him in episode one but mm-hmm. it just sent it sent it to another level because at the end you know when he does look in the mirror and talk and switch he beats the shit out of that thing with his bare hands i was damn right i was hype. i cannot wait for like actual fight scenes that we're going to get later on it's really cool how they were doing it cinematog- cinematograph, C- cinematically. There you go. Cinematically, <laughs> oh. the fights <laughs> where it would just be him like his eyes rolling back and then blackout and then he wakes up and it's done. So we haven't seen Blood any of it happen, but it's just ridiculous. You know, he's such a badass. We just haven't seen it yet, and we definitely will see it. The only other thing that I really want to say is uh, Donna his boss yeah, at the yeah. museum shop kudos to her actor she makes me hate donna so much <laughs> and, it's, and she's only been on screen for like you know less than 10 minutes so she's killing it there's definitely something interesting going back to what you said brian about you would rather have steven be like this than like bruce wayne 
it's definitely cool to have a character that's kind of like a punching bag, super, super, super nice guy, cares about people, but he doesn't have a lot of friends. And then you have Donna's character beating up on him. And then he turns into this crazy beast of a Moon Knight. You know, that's really cool. I like the comparisons, the black and white to that. Yeah, I completely agree, Paul. That Donna character sucked. Although <laughs> I felt bad for Steven because he like stood up the girl that he was clearly like really into because of these problems. It's I don't know. I think Steven's in for a little bit of a tumultuous couple episodes here because he does not have a grip on what's going on yeah. to him at all. So the, the other thing that was really crazy about this episode is we get his fish, which I can't remember his name. Oh man, it's gonna bother me. All I know is he has one fin until he does exactly <laughs> so do you think he either got healed the fish got healed or did something happen to his one goldfish while another personality took over like you know yeah you got i say you got a replacement like and then yeah they go and get a replacement oh steven's asleep still listen That's what man I figured. mark had steven's best interest in mind he got him the date apparently though mark likes steak and steven is a vegan so he didn't really oh, yeah. pick the dining location correctly, but I'm, yeah, I'm assuming that the fish died or something and it was replaced in Steven. Cause he said in the pet store, he's like, wait, wait, I was here yesterday. She's like, yeah, you're yeah. here yesterday. And you're annoying the shit out of me then too. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely conch you saw and just ate it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So going back to Arthur Harrow, this is Ethan Hawk. And apparently I read that this is the first, job that Ethan Hawke has ever taken without a script. So it seems like it should be good if he's taking it without a script for the first time in his career. But yeah, hey he, man, if the MCU comes knocking, you answer. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> but yeah, his character seems like he's going to be super interesting. We already talked about it. You know, taking a shot of the whatever vodka, smashing a glass, putting the, the glass in your shoes and walking down the street. He has all these followers and he ha and he's working for technically a God that was shunned. I forget the God's name. Not too important for now, even though it's, it's kind of important to him, but not to us. <laughs> right now. But, but yeah, he, you know, he's working under this God. He has a million followers, apparently, during one of the scenes where Steven's asleep, quote unquote, and Mark is doing his thing. Steve wakes up and he's a part of this group and he kind of meets and sees Arthur for the first time. But this isn't the first time Arthur sees him because he says, oh, you again. He, you know, he knows Mark's been doing some shit and he knows he has the scarab. And that was apparently the big deal in this first episode for Arthur. I thought it was really interesting that, you know, he has all of these followers. He does the scale thing. People were asking to be judged. And then the lady just straight dies when she gets the red scale. Now we see that somebody gets the green scale. We have to assume that Stephen got the green or something else happened. We didn't see what showed up on his forearm, but whatever it was, he didn't die and, and he let him go. Yeah, the way I took that was like the scales didn't stop. But okay, I, don't know. That, I like that. Yeah, I don't think it went one way or the other. I think that's, that's cool. why it was I like, like a, that. whoa, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. All right, because I'm down with that. It could be because there's like 
you know, one of his personalities is a horrible person and the next one is a good person. Yeah. We don't really know what defines good or bad. Arthur never really says, but the seemingly nice old woman dies that she's always been good and he goes on to say that it could be something in the future that you do that's not right. good that chick and was then, probably a satan worshiper yeah, yeah haven't, she's haven't, like it. haven't they ever Had seen the my minority of report jeez man but <laughs> so my thing is is he straight up killing this person or is he like collecting her soul for yeah. the god that he serves i assume he goes he's not like just all a, white and pale yeah like she's I been dead for a while I don't think he's out here just killing people to kill people to like make a nicer world. I assume he's like harvesting people. Yeah. Harvesting people. Okay. For the God. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. Okay. You know, that might be like the God's goal to get like a hundred thousand souls, hundred thousand million souls. Yeah. I don't know. But the other stuff about him blacking out and waking back up, we already talked about a little bit where he finds the phone and he calls Layla. The other thing that happens here is he's flipping down and there's one call from Duchamp, Duchamp, however you want to say it. That's a friend of his in the comics, another military man that they work together a lot. So I'm sure we're going to meet him as well. So we have that to look forward to. He's probably another badass, and he's probably someone who only knows Mark as Mark, just like Layla only knows Mark as Mark having the secret compartment in your freaking room where you're moving the table to get to and you're doing it all while you're blacked out. It just freaks me out, man. But it's totally a Tyler Darden situation. It was funny. We saw it in the trailer, the scene where he's starting to finally like figure stuff out and he's freaking out. And then you're guessing that it's Conchu talking to him. But, you know, the lights are flickering. He gets in the elevator and it was in the trailer where he freaks out and the old lady's walking to him and he thinks he sees the scary Kanchu God. Um, so there's definitely some comedy in this. Uh, I hope and I'm assuming that pretty soon we'll start seeing what these blackouts are and, and actually going through this thing. Maybe when he said, let me in and he finally turned into Moon Knight and has this actual costume or suit maybe they're going to start to merge a little bit more but we're now we're actually going to see everything that's going down between each personality you think we're going to get the sit down talk in episode two about you know mark sitting down and explaining everything to steven or do you think it's going to be like a later like episode three or four i hope we get it episode two just knowing how fast hawkeye kind of worked with six episodes I think we'll start getting some answers pretty quickly. I was actually a little surprised that we got the Moon Knight suit in episode one. I didn't know how it was going to work because I'm used to the to the comics where I just know that he grabs a white cape and he throws it on and he's Moon Knight. It's not like, oh, here's my powers and and now I have a suit on. So I was expecting him to, like, figure out what the deal is. Turn into the Batman almost, you know, like turn into Moon Knight. But I mean, I'm convinced 100 percent it's supernatural at this point. It has to be like there's too Mm -hmm. much that's going on. It could be like the unreliable narrator. But seeing what Arthur's doing, too, it's got to be supernatural. Speaking of Arthur, this is kind of like my last speculation of the episode. Um, Do you think he was doing that whole glass in his shoes? Do you think it was for a 
power shake or do you think it was like a disciplinary shake like you know you know walking over the coals they do that as like a disciplinary like penance thing or something to, yeah separate your mind from the body or whatever or do you think he's walking around because pain in some way gives him whatever power that he has they're kind of painting him as a religious zealot so yeah it would kind of go along with that that it was like some sort of a self-inflicted penance yep um, I agree. that that's what i was i was thinking but if that somehow plays into his power and like the more pain he inflicts on himself the more he can inflict on the other person like tenfold yeah. then fuck yeah let's do it but i, mean, yeah, I yeah. thought it was penance because if it comes to I that i mean imagine walking around on shards of glass all day you're saving up a bunch of pain yeah so that would be cool if it was like his way of charging up yeah that would be, be really a, cool and we'll definitely get the answer horrible ap thompson horrible <laughs> power dude yeah well i don't want to get too off track here but there is a character in mm -hmm. marvel in the comics he was based off of a character called speedball and he was a person that had something to do with marvel's civil war the original Civil War, not anything like Civil War that was in the MCU. But one of the things that happens is he, long story short, becomes a character named Penance, where his suit is literally a suit that has needles inside of it. So he's constantly poking himself because it's very similar. He yeah. he ch charges up kind of he gets his powers through Penance, through the pain. Nice. And here so, I am making fun of that power. Yeah, right. well, it's still <laughs> shitty. Already thought of it. Yeah, it's still shitty power to have. And yeah, yeah I, I'm taking it as Arthur's kind of like a vessel. He's like using the God, but I don't see it as a Moon Knight vessel where he's losing control. I agree with you, Brian, where he's like the religious zealot who believes or actually can speak with this God and channels through this God. We'll definitely get more answers, and we probably should know the answer if we read the comics. But again, we like the clean slate. Zach, the comic guy, will be back, and he'll give us some answers at some point. But he's not here today. So for now, yeah. clean slate. Anything yes. else we want to talk about, guys? Anything that you want to bring up? Do we miss anything? I don't think so. Yeah, I just want to shout out Oscar Isaac because yeah, he's you know playing two different accents, two different completely different characters just in this one episode. And I think he absolutely crushed it. I mean, he's the man. We, we know his comedic timing from, you know, Star Wars. I just think he is, I don't want to say perfect for the role because I've only seen one episode, but right. he's killing it so far. So I agree 100%. And he actually said that when he auditioned or whether it was audition or just like show them what he's got, he used this accent. And the Marvel executives were like, what the hell are you doing, dude? And he actually kind of like <laughs> talked them into it being what he should use. And then they agreed. And then obviously we have that other accent when he's Mark. And I still totally have that Tyler Durden thing. It was really cool to see, you know, Layla on the phone being like, why do you sound like that? Are you all right, man? And he's just like, who do you think you're talking to? It's just it's just a really cool plot. I'm really interested to see some more. And. We didn't watch the other screeners because we are going to give you guys our theories, but we don't really have anything we need to theorize yet. We don't know enough yet, right? That's where uh, I'm at. Yeah. 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 I All theorize right. that uh, Steven and Layla will kiss at one point. Steven or Mark? 
Steven. Do you think he's going to have his girl from the restaurant or what? Yes, the charming British fellow who's a little bit clumsy. What if each character has their own girlfriend? That's going to start some fights. boyfriend, significant other. I'll tell you, you that would definitely start some fights. Yeah, and they all start meeting each other and like, why you got a different accent, bro? Like, (laughs) and I did. I actually did like when he was talking to the performer, the the statue, and he was like, yeah, "Yeah, I should probably get rid of those chains on my bed before she meets me. Yeah, he's talking about the date he's going on. Like, (laughs) crack that that street performer, that old guy, one hundred percent gonna be in future episodes. He's gonna come back and just like therapy talk to that guy. I did like that scene a lot. Moon Knight, this character, Oscar Isaac, nailed it. He is going to be our first step into the more brutal, gory Marvel. We have Blade coming. We have a Daredevil show coming, confirmed. Hopefully, the Punisher will be back. Werewolf by Night. We know Doctor Strange is going to be more horror-based. It's going to be a whole new genre. We're having a new genre coming to the MCU, and this is a great start. And having them talk about Midnight Suns just seems really, really cool. And I'm really all about that. If they have a Disney Plus show with Charlie Cox, Oscar Isaac. I can't believe I'm forgetting Punisher's name right now. Um, John Bernthal's Punisher, if he comes into the MCU. A lot of cool things are coming. And I'm excited. And it's all starting with Moon Knight. Yeah, I think we're in agreement. We're all excited about this show. It looks great cinematically. <laughs> like, it yeah. just looks fantastic. And I think we all really like Oscar Isaac. That was a great casting on Marvel's part. Yeah, I, I think we're just excited for this one. I also read that this was the first Disney Plus show that is the introduction of a new character. The, pre- the previous four were Loki, Hawkeye, WandaVision, Fat Dubs, which... Yep. And what if? Oh, yeah, so yeah. we know all those stories. Well, not Kate Bishop you is technically an intro, but it's she. But yeah, this is like full on one character, mm-hmm. main character intro origin story. I guess titular, like titular character, because yeah. that was still Hawkeye's yeah. show. Right. Either way, it's exciting. Phase four, new wave of superheroes, some fresh faces in the MCU. We're pretty jazzed about it. Like I said, we're going to be covering Moon Knight's first season in its entirety with weekly discussions after the episodes drop. And if this is your first time listening or watching our podcast, welcome and be sure to check out our previous series on WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, and just an obnoxious amount of other shows. As always, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BingetownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Our Patreon is also up and running. So if you want to support the pod, that's a great way to do so. And that can also be found on our website at BingetownTV.com. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. And thanks for listening. Boom. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.